Before we start the episode, I want to explain to you that this episode will be without music, and that is because of licensing issues. Legal? Legal licensing issues. Songs cost money, typically, and to be able to play these songs during interviews or introductions of bands, it would cost a lot of money legally. And we like to see our artists get paid on top of it, even if it's pennies. They're still getting paid. Parts of pennies. Parts of pennies, for sure. So, if you want to hear this episode in full with all the songs involved, legally, go to your Spotify app, and you can find This Week in Seattle Rock on the Spotify app and hear this episode in its entirety. Or, if you just want to hear our pretty voices, you can go ahead and listen to that, too. Hi. Hi. (laughs) With all that being said, we appreciate you tuning in and listening, and hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to This Week in Seattle Rock's Five points. Hello and welcome to another episode of Five Points. I'm your host, Christopher Walken. This is going to be episode 120. I'm finally getting out of the backlog of interviews that I've had to dig my way out of. Joining me tonight and within the interview, you will hear are Miss Marcy Rocks. Hey, guys. And Mr. Justin Sider. Hi. Howdy. So this, uh, no, what I was going to say, let's say this. God, imagine if I got paid to do this. (laughs) Shit. That's why you don't. (laughs) (laughs) On this special five points episode, because they're all special, we talk to a local rock god. Well, well, he's a rock guy. <laughs> it's Wyatt only. Woo! Yay! I might have said his name right. I have it. He's he's a tongue twister for me. Good thing his last name isn't uh, muscular dystrophy. Now you're gonna make me mess it up. Oh no! You've caught it. You've caught it. MS. Wyatt brings five songs to us that were points in his life that helped mold his musical career for the most part, which is really good and interesting. And I'll tell you what, the conversation doesn't really stick to the songs. We go off on (laughs) these little tangents all the way throughout. And I know I had a good time. It was fun. Well, a lot of times we're playing catch up as well as interviewing because we don't always get to see each other right now and, and we know why it very well yeah there's some fen- penis jokes in there and <gasps> yeah some more inappropriateness which you know i would have nothing to do with that <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all so i hope you all will enjoy this is mr wyatt only start recording now there we go um so stop talking about your penis and uh put put your your pants pants back back on (laughs) my pants all i know Um, how to do is talk about my penis (laughs) it's a short conversation (laughs) it's an even shorter penis (laughs) Uh, everybody's gonna experience my shitty taste in music it's gonna be fun you obviously haven't heard castles uh i haven't i haven't uh, let me guess this is a lot of yacht rock no, yeah. no. I, well, I There's expected some. some. I expected some country and some Willie and some uh, Johnny because he 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 listens it's to tasteful. country. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The, good, the good country. Yeah, Castle is a wildly ambiguous person. Yeah, like like yeah. you wouldn't ever be able to peg that. Uh, but I know he's. I know he fucks with some Lionel Richie and shit like. Yeah, that. Oh, fuck so, yeah. you're old enough. We yeah, saw him yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. 
I, saw, oh, I thought about putting an earth, wind, and fire song on my list just so we can all sit in here and yeah. shake our ass. Yeah. Yeah. We and can still I, do that. I mean, well, I, I don't know. It, it depends because if we're talking like connection to my life, that's more like that was the the gay bar parties, and because I like lived in a gay bar from when I was like eighteen to twenty. Hmm. Two, yeah. 23. Uh, and, That's where the good parties were. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've never partied with the gays, please do. <laughs> they, they just know how to party, I've man. i the unicorn. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, there was a bar up in Everett called Bar Mix, and that place was home. So, huh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How, how about that for a soft open? <laughs> Do you know where to go to a good gay bar? Because Wyatt hard. only knows. <laughs> First off, we want to say thank you for coming in. It, it's special for you to be here. I think it's special for anybody to come into this box. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's charming. <laughs> it's beautiful. See our, our cool uh, soundproofing. Thank you to McDonald's and Do Burger King. Do you know King. how many love it. soft drinks he had to buy? <laughs> Did you actually buy soft drinks with like yes. each of those? You go through McDonald's drive through yeah. and the drinks are a buck. So you yeah. just order two. I want a drink holder. <laughs> I'd like one for each. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And does it do anything? Well, not really processing. Audio problem yeah, yeah. fixes more of the echo than anything. We else. saw a bunch in the trash can once somewhere, and we're like, "We should just <laughs> grab those for Chris." I, I it you know, drives I, me nuts. But I have real soundproofing. You could call your friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is cheap. Yeah, this is true. This is true. That and some thumbtacks. Well, there I don't. We go. I don't know if we're gonna keep the space. Yeah. Afterward, yeah. it's we'll see. You know, cost money. You, you need it, to get some of those Joe Rogan sponsors, and you know, <laughs> just, a sponsor? uh, just be like, "Hey, uh, this week or, or on this week in Seattle Rock, it's presented by Manscaped. Manscaped, this, you, you know, exactly. use the lawnmower 3.0 to trim your balls." <laughs> and, yeah. I proudly endorse that product, by the way. <laughs> I bought one. I just hold it against my chode. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he likes the vibration. It gets yeah. the job done. <laughs> This episode's already spectacular. It's it's so good. Well, man, since we're here, why don't we just pop into the first song? Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I think I might have heard this song before. Really? I'm sure you probably have. That was Linkin Park's Numb. Numb was released September 8th, 2003. Oh, I'm old. (laughs) We know that. That was the third single after Somewhere I Belong and Faint from their second studio album, Meteora? Yeah, sick record. That's a seven times platinum album. Numb was the closing track on the album, which in the old days, if it's a track you liked, you wouldn't put it on the inside of your LP. You want that on the outside of your LP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better grooves. But anyways, I'm old. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel you. It's we one of Lincoln, established that. Yeah, one of Linkin Park's most well-known and critically acclaimed songs. Numb topped the Billboard Alternative Song charts for 12 weeks. The song spent six weeks at the top of the charts in 2003 and six weeks in 2004 so it went from one year into the other yeah. uh also spent three weeks atop the billboard hot mainstream rock track charts and peaked at number 11 on billboard's top 100 also very successful around the world oceana you know pacific ocean area australia was peaked at number 10 number 13 in new zealand the longest running single in france spending 23 weeks wow. for them on the chart french people fuck with lincoln park (laughs) all right peaked at number 19 so it's kind of like just probably just sitting there just yeah yeah floating uh successful in greece topping the singles charts there and in uk it peaked at number 14 
nice. definitely remember some, it on MTV. Well, then, yeah. then there's some funny fun facts here. In 2017, an online meme matching up "Numb" with the Seinfeld theme song was released. Oh, oh Jesus God. Christ! I'm trying to imagine it. I can't. I, I didn't have time to look it up. It's all slap bass, <laughs> slap bass all day. Uh, the song is used by English <laughs> UFC fighter Paul Kelly and Brazilian fighter Demian Mayo. Yeah, that's one of those names. <laughs> He's my favorite. As their entrance <laughs> song, uh, Nicki Minaj remixed the song for her debut mixtape, retitled as Encore 07. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. The Swedish, Swedish metal band Dead by April. <laughs> that's kind of. Released, That's a sick band. <laughs> it is. Released a cover of the song on YouTube after Chester's <laughs> passing. They weren't very big in May. <laughs> <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly the also. End of May. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly also covered the song on YouTube after Bennington's passing in 2017. Unpopular opinion. I'm a massive Machine Gun Kelly <sighs> fan. Uh, and I couldn't I, tell you I, anything. I He's. Uh, now, granted, I have followed him for like 11 years. I was super into him when his first mixtape dropped. Mm, so sure. I, I, I have the weird like OG <laughs> thing there. Is he um, a Florida boy? But I, no, he's from no. Cleveland. Um, oh. But I'm sorry. We're supposed to talk about Numb. Uh, Let's talk about you. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what does this song to you? you? Uh, honestly, the reason I picked it, because you had said five songs that kind of had an impact uh I don't know, throughout life and through my career or, or stuff like that. Um, uh, that was the first song I learned how to play on guitar. I literally got an electric guitar to learn how to play that song. Wow. So, nice. um, so a bunch of other people learn how to play like crazy train or something like, like the opening. <laughs> da, 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 da. And I just wanted to play that and, you know, no shade at all the Lincoln park, but a lot of those Brad Delson riffs are, so easy and they're just drop D held chords. Yeah. So, I mean, numb is literally four notes and it's just pick which order. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of important because up until that point I was a rap kid and I was really, really into rap. And uh, then I discovered Lincoln park and that's definitely not my favorite Lincoln park song by far, but it was the first one that made me go like, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. And I can definitely see the, the connection oh, of uh, yeah. you're, you liking rap and then it being a, a, a hybrid. A hybrid, yeah. Exactly. A hybrid theory. Yeah. So I owe Mike Shinoda a lot because getting into that. And then it's it's cool how things come full circle because like, um, I'm so big on talking about like mental health and whatnot in sure. music now. And I feel like Linkin Park was really pioneering and like i'm going to take all of my trauma and put it on display for you and yeah sure yeah and so it's something that i value a lot more now in hindsight yeah yeah interesting i know i wasn't the biggest lincoln park fan personally you were fucking um, up chris <laughs> i probably was um who knows at that time ah, 2003 god i was having kids and being married and right doing stuff that young adult stuff i was in elementary school i was 12 <laughs> <laughs> I, so, uh, I was a moody little 12 year old yeah. with black hair i had this period in my life where it's about 20 years of just like blankness where it wasn't where i wasn't me family yeah that's family fair. that's fair <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, yeah. divorce. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could be my, I could be Cheers. me again. Yeah. <laughs> At some point during a, uh, a like, you know, 
a bender weekend or something, go back through the first two Lincoln Park records. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. And they'll take you they'll they'll make you feel like a sad, angry kid again, which is <laughs> an emotion that I actually think is beautiful to remind ourselves no, of. I can, I can remember the videos on MTV and it was just like they were badass videos. Oh yeah. That that band and it surprises me because like I feel like the mainstream has never really embraced screaming, but uh, no. Lincoln Park, I feel like was the first band you could really hear like on the radio. Oh, like, sure. dude, one step closer dropped and you have the shut up when I'm talking to you bridge. Yeah. And I just, dude, when I was like 11 and that shit came out, I was like, <gasps> this is heaven. <laughs> um, well, you can understand the scream. That's the one thing I have. I have an aversion to that's if, if I can understand it. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, you're going to hate my fifth pick. Most of the, <laughs> most of the vocals won't. are screaming, but I, I think you'll like it. I, yeah, we'll, we'll, get like it. Yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. So something new for the podcast we hadn't done before. Uh-oh. Let's oh, play shit. Guess the Spotify Plays for Numb. Oh, just like a rough, oh, like. How many? Yeah. How many, 11 how, million. How many spins on Spotify for Numb? 150 million. I'm going to say 780 million. Uh, actually, no, I retract that. I'm going to say it's broken a billion. Would that be correct? You're closer to the pin. 925 million. Damn. There we 605, go. 605,000. I said 11. Obviously, I, like I don't game. know nothing about Spotify. And 91. It's probably 92 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I just went, God. Yeah. But, you know, you know, they had that nice peak. Pro- nice. Nice. That peak after uh, Bennington had passed. Obviously, yeah. there was a yeah, lot. Of, yeah, I mean, I mean songs re-entered charts and all that, that good happens stuff. Happens when somebody passes. Yeah, people. most definitely. Which is always. Uh, I I think that's beautiful. The the fact yeah. that like sure they you know people want a piece. There are artists I didn't even fully like discover until they passed away. I I remember I had never w- listened to Whitney Houston much sure. when she died, and yeah. then I went through the. Dis- Discography. Oh, and it's no. great, bro. Oh, bitch, can sing. Yeah. Bitch, can sing. Was well, as being That's able to sing, but uh, feel the 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 feeling come out of it. It's you know, well, people can sing, but yeah. then don't give you any feeling. I, I don't want to use the word soul because she's a, a black woman, but I mean that's no, you can say no, that's, you can that's say what soul. it comes out. Yeah, it's, it's totally in there. The thing that I'll also say about the Chester Bennington thing that I think is really important and sometimes gets lost is like Chester Bennington, all of a sudden after he passes away, there's so much more weight to all of the lyrical content and talking about Absolutely. anguish and cries for help and stuff mm-hmm. like and that. And that's what he was doing. And, and same with Chris Cornell, stuff yep. like that. And I feel like a lot of people don't quite realize it until afterwards. And that is something that I fear a little bit because I don't ever believe in faking it on stage. So if there's a song that comes from a really plain, painful place, dark place I yeah. go there in my head. Like I, I, so that's why I'll get like kind of choked up during stuff because I, it's got to be authentic. I always felt like Chester was the same way on that. And the beauty is that you get this visceral, honest performance. The danger of that is that 20 years later, you're still stuck in your previous pain and trauma. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that, you're reliving that's it constantly. the danger. That's yeah. the danger. Reminds me of the whole Heath Ledger thing where uh-huh. he got into character and it, yeah. and never and got that, out of it. That, yeah. Kind of odd psychosis kind of yeah. thing. I don't know. Did you see the movie he half finished? 
uh, oh, after and, Dark Knight. Uh, uh, it's called The Imaginarium Ewan, of yeah, Dr. Ewan Parnassus. Yeah, finished it. Yeah, it's, uh, or who all finished? So uh, he passed away, and then for the rest of the film, he's played by... Ewan uh, is it Ewan McGregor? Yeah. I, I know Obi-Wan it's... Obi-Wan Kenobi. It, no, it's Johnny Depp, Jude Law. It's Jude Law, who you were thinking okay. of. They look super similar. And Colin Farrell. But it's oh, weird. Okay. It's like seamless the way they did it. But yeah. yeah amazing film we were literally just watching 10 things i hate about you we literally it. paused it to come over yeah. my, my favorite compliment i ever get is people are like you look just like if heath ledger in 10 things i hate about you is fat and i'm like thanks, <laughs> thanks. that's the best compliment ever by the way i already love how tangenty this is because i'm such <laughs> a fan of just i love when podcasts are just a scatter shot oh yeah um, <laughs> yeah that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Randomness. All right, Randomness. Let's get number two. Random. Two. Number two. Two. Number shit. two. <laughs> <laughs> number shit. two is the shit. So that was Wood, unplugged, obviously, from the MTV Live album. That unplugged album was their seventh recording, their fourth album. They had three other EPs. As they were. Only went one time platinum, which is really surprising, especially as how good it was recorded, I thought. This song was not obviously not a single. Well, Wood was a single. Yeah, off Wood nerd, was. But, but not that, wasn't. not yeah. the unplugged version. Um, yeah. This was recorded in April 10th at the Brooklyn it's Academy of Music's birthday. Majestic Theater for the MTV Unplugged and it aired May 28th. It was released as an album three months later. Yep. The album debuted at number three in the top 200, certified platinum course like i just said uh wood was written by guitarist and vocalist jerry Cantrell as a tribute to his friend andrew wood lead vocalist of mother love bone who died of a heroin o- overdose in 1990 Cantrell sings the verses while lane sings the choruses a couple of reviews of just the song wood probably the original version uh steve huey of all music said that the song is a touch more melancholy than many of the group's best known rockers and one of the band's most fully realized individual moments james hunter of rolling stone called the song a seattle song that evokes no grunge nostalgia it's timeless one of the most stylish singles of the decade the work of a band that understands that life gets way out of hand but the first rate rock recordings can't that was wood yeah hell yeah wood and I'm sorry, best unplugged record that, that out of all the unplugged records. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I love the LL Cool J one. I love I, I love the Jay Z one that came later. Uh, I, everybody loves the Nirvana one. The Alice in Chains one is just like yeah. pure perfection from start to finish. Pictures of it in her apartment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't we? No. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of Alice and James pictures. Yeah. So what's this song do for you, man? What's it, what's it going to do for us? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> so for me, um, so this was the first song that I played live to like a large crowd. And it's funny. I, I picked the unplugged version for a reason. So when I was 12, eh, I, I don't know, whatever age I would have been in seventh grade, uh, I played at a school talent show. And while everybody else was really into their boy bands and stuff like this, uh, or Doing stuff like dancing that, and shit, I was bye, like, bye, cool, bye. I'm going to play wood by Austin chains. <laughs> and yeah. I was playing it like heavy, like a, like a heavy version, like with full distortion and everything like that. And as I got up there, 
the battery died in my distortion pedal. Oh, no. Therefore, when I went to go heavy, it did not go. Uh, (laughs) So I immediately, like on the fly, had to basically sing it like this version. And so it it was fun because it was my first experience like fucking up in front of like 900 people. And it it was good to be able to learn how to go on the fly with stuff. Um, Fun fact, in the audience that day, so keep in mind I was 13, the girl who went on to become my wife was in the audience that day and still cites that as like the first time she ever like saw me. Oh. Yeah, super fucking cute, right? (laughs) She saw you fuck up and still. Yeah, yeah, right? And still touched my penis. um, Several times, evidently. Quite, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, and I I think Alice in Chains is the only Seattle band on here that I picked because. I mean, I could do five Seattle bands, uh, but that would be very expected, and it'd be most of the same shit. That's um, not what we want. We no. want we want well, what you want, and I want some some deeper. I, I wanted some it's deeper have cuts some with the other things. That's what we yeah. want. Yeah, and you know, it's the everything Lane Staley did touched me on a really like deep, profound level. Um, so it, it's. And everything that band still stands for, I think, is great. And, you know, the William Duvall version of that band is stellar also. I think Rainier Fog is, like, the strongest of the William era records. So they're just just getting stronger, and I dig it. I'm I'm here for it, man. (laughs) Though I wasn't a big fan of The Devil Put Dinosaurs here, to be honest. (laughs) That that record, not great. Not great. Good. It's not on my heavy rotation. (laughs) No. No. That Stone song is cool. That Stone song is cool. That's uh, <laughs> there's a song on it actually called Phantom Limb that I really like. Um, like but the, the rest of that record, meh. That just, that just reminds me of the Venture Brothers. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yes, Phantom Limb. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. It's just one of those like as I kind of was finding myself. That was also actually, if I think about it, the first time I performed in front of people playing guitar because. I'd played piano for like a decade before mm. that because my mom made me take piano lessons from when I was three. Thank goodness. Yeah, thing. from when I was three. Yeah. My, my mom was like hardcore no, that's, on it. No, that's not a bad uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm sure I, it was at the time. Oh, no, no, no. It's it, it's great. And, and, you know, we'll see if on Wreckage's sixth record we decide to go super <laughs> Guns N' Roses and I get up there and Axl Rose <laughs> on a grab uh, piano. I'm pretty sure we all know a guy with a really nice piano that you could probably record at. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I, uh, I kind of have his number in my phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kyle Court, we need you. No. I'm not talking about that one. Oh, oh yeah. His name London, starts with a B. London Bridge. Yeah, maybe uh, that oh, guy. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a nice that piano. So you got the Andy Wood piano. Yeah. Right? Yes. Dude. yeah. So I live like two blocks away from London Bridge. Oh, okay. It's right up in my hood. I got to go in and Jonathan Plum was like, that's the Andy Wood piano. Yeah. So I got to sit down on the Andy Wood piano and play Chloe Dancer. Oh. Oh. And it's to this day one of my like favorite memories was being oh. able to sit there and John was like, I think he played it all on the black keys. And I was like, yep. <laughs> that, that entire song is black keys, oh, which is really weird. Yeah, it's super. I got to sit at the bench. I didn't touch it. <laughs> oh, I, I touched all over it. I wanted my amoebas. Did in you there. like it? <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have. It's cool that we live in a place that's so close to like history. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get to make a record there, but I hope I get to. Yeah. We'll see. 
The one record I sang on that was a London Bridge record, I didn't track at London Bridge. (laughs) It was mixed at London Bridge, though. There you go. Um, I know on this album, on the Unplugged album, nothing to do with me. You know, there was that point in the song. Well, okay, first, I'm going to start with this. My parents were cool enough to have a stereo VCR back in the day. Oh, hell yeah. all these MTV shows, and I had a fucking cassette of this show before everybody, anybody had a fucking CD. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> fucking in my car. Yeah. 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 Was it an IROC Z? <laughs> <laughs> hey. it, was, it was a Ford Mustang II. There was um, too. Yeah. <laughs> six cylinder Capri engine. Chris is whipping that shit. <laughs> Straight six. No, no. V6. V6. Oh, okay. The nice large V6. It yeah. was it was the unplugged that introduced me to Scotty Olson. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it still breaks my heart to think of the condition he's in now. But yeah. I mean What he, is his condition now? I believe it's full dementia. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Wow. He is, um, I believe, in Kirkland in a assisted living. Oh. Good gravy. God, that's a bummer. Oh, that is a bummer. I saw um, on the news once where he had wandered out, oh. and they were looking for him. But oh. they found him. But it's every wow. tribute, every one of the tributes they do, um, Nancy always puts a jar out for oh, yeah. donations that's awesome. for, that's awesome. that's for that's Scotty. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the album. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he was um, Future Fossils, Jaundice's old band. He was their producer. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah. part of it either. Future Fossils or was manager. Sick. Or so. I'm so glad you brought that band up because nobody ever, <laughs> I nobody love ever does. Future Fossils. She still has a CD. I can, yeah. I can sing every single one of those songs. Backwards. Not well. Not only that, when Ten Miles Wide put out the gross, and there are songs that are Future Fossil songs. Yeah, like, right. uh, So Gotta Go was a Future Fossil song. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, Pick Me Up? Wasn't that one too? Um. Maybe in the later days of Future mm. Fossils? I just got to know the early days of them. Oh, okay. Because I, yeah, I yeah. came she in was still 2007. In yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard them, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I then my daughter and, his, and John's daughter pen palled for oh, a year. That's, that's and then I cute. brought my daughter here so they could meet. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to the mighty Jonas Beckman. I almost put a, a 10 mile song on this list just because, like, <laughs> just to, to have support for the homies. Uh, but, like, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm sorry, no matter what anybody says, I think the song, The Gross, yeah. is the best song to come out of a Seattle band in like 10 years, easily. Mm. Like that, the song itself, when that bridge kicks in, yep. I'm just like, oh, it's all about the soft <laughs> jaundice bridge and then the yeah. dr- uh, Will's drum fill. The oh, da 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 da. That simple little fill is yeah. just, yeah, I yeah. still get chills when yeah. I listen to it. I saw that. Um, Chris is going to kill me for all the tangents. Um, <laughs> Will Slums. is doing some kick-ass stuff these days. Yeah, yeah busy man. Shit, uh, yeah, they're playing the fucking Paramount. Well, yeah. Well, walking, yeah. Walking and, pick. and who's opening for them? It's the in Candlebox. <laughs> Candlebox is opening. I, for, I think the branding them, yeah. of that show is confusing. I think it's a Candlebox show, and I think Walking Papers is opening. But when I saw all the promo, it said Walking Papers with Candlebox. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Either way. I think it should be that way. F- uh, uh, fucking congrats. Uh, yeah. Another super weird Seattle music nerd thing, because I don't know if any of you guys are familiar. So before Guy Who Fronts, um, Walking Papers. Jeff? Yeah, Jeff Angel. Yeah. So before that, he was in a band called The Missionary Position, right. or as we lovingly call it, The Mish Position. Before that, he was in 
a band that I think has the greatest band name I've ever heard in my fucking life, which is post stardom depression. That is the best band name ever. Uh, If you get a chance, listen to their first record. There's a song on it called monster and uh, it's so good. Mm. Just next level. And now it's like 15 years old. Every time I see Jeff in passing, I'm like, yo, when are you going to get post back together? (laughs) And he's like, but walking papers is like doing cool shit. I'm like, I want post stardom depression back. (laughs) Walking Papers definitely is doing some cool shit. Oh, they are. And God, God they toured with Alice in Chains a couple of years ago. Like, fucking good on those guys. Yeah, They're- most definitely. And, and you know, the business is so weird. It's, it's super so weird. weird. And they're DIYing it really w- yeah. well. As soon as I found out that some of those new videos they did, like with the TV heads and shit, yep. as soon as I found out, like, Jeff like did all the editing on it and everything, I was like, yeah. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Okay. You're yeah. one of those. Because that—that's the time this is now. Is it's pretty much about like find your team and make some cool shit because nobody's going to financially back that, you. God draw and possibly draw some attention towards what you're doing. Yeah. 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 And they've done and the a way great you put job. out your music. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We can get into that later. <laughs> I was going to say one more thing about the unplugged album. Uh, there's a part in between songs where Jerry and Mike. Sean start breaking into uh, Enter Sandman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. So Talica was in the crowd during that show. Yeah. yeah. They, they were in the crowd during that show. Is that why they did it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because they on and off seem to have a bit of a rivalry because I remember there was a weird thing where just blame Lars. Yeah. The, I don't know. <laughs> the, yeah. The, there was some, some shit talkery by Metallica on Allison chains, but then after lane passed when they did the get the band back together thing, James came out and did wood with them, which was really, mm, really yeah. cool. And talk about a killer legacy. Of a killer yeah, right. <laughs> did right you guys there. watch that thing they did at Mopop? Yeah. Oh, I only got to see parts of it. I only got to see parts of it. Gorgeous. Oh my! Metallica was Seeing on there. We there a couple right? weeks. Oh later. yeah. Seeing oh. people I know play that show, but I was just drone? like, oh. Uh, if you're not familiar with Shayna Shepard, who she oh. used to sing in a band called Bear Axe, oh, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if Bear Axe is still together. But I don't know. So, yeah, their stuff is. She's the shit. Oh, yeah. She's got such a like powerhouse voice, and then seeing her next to, like Kim Thale, I was like, fuck yeah, yeah right? girl. Yeah, she she is. The shit. Uh, have you had a chance time? to listen to Audacity's four-part podcast series? No. Oh, what's it called? It's all about local. It's basically grunge era based, and it kind of puts everything in order yeah. really nicely. Yeah. And a lot of guest snippets. and Nice. Is, is Shana oh, yeah. on it? Shana is listening. not on it. Since it's timelined, it's yeah, four yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously going to be in part four. Nice. Cool. The fourth one, I think, is the best, personally. Yeah. The fourth episode. But uh, yeah, I'll look it up and I'll look nice. it up. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, I think it's almost essential. It's essential oh, yeah. listening for a music lover of Seattle. Absolutely. So, hey, guess the Spotify plays. So we're not talking about wood. Oh, just... For- Unplugged for the un. I think the unplugged version is probably (laughs) almost as high. I'm gonna guess 380 million. I was gonna go a little higher than my last one, so I will go 200. 763, 763 million. Golly, not even close, you guys. 12 million. Oh wow, 85,000. 
guess on it's my not even the most over. played song on that album it is actually down in a hole which i think has like 85 million yeah. or something yeah. like that. such a great song a great oh, yeah. version on that song on that album for sure oh yeah well and you know honestly I, it felt weird picking a song off this record that wasn't nutshell because that opening like <laughs> yeah. the the unplugged version of nutshell is debatably a perfect piece of music <laughs> like it, it's just oh <laughs> like, yeah i don't right. like the um down in hole version from I'm, unplugged unplugged no, it breaks my heart yeah it's well, and oh i think it's God, like it eight, eight minutes long or something like that and it's real just to watch love it and i know that was around the time that his Fiance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And yeah. I mean, you Past. can just, he is like an open book. I mean, just bearing his the, emotions and it's just yeah, gut-wrenching. The, the toughest part about the Unplugged record, it, that performance, is that Lane looks like he's Oh, dead. everybody's watching like, him uh, die. Yeah, As yeah, he's got everything covered to yeah. hide his tracks. Uh, yeah, and, exactly. And it's one of those things that like we're so lucky that he gave us that performance sure. because that... Yeah. Had that performance not happened, like I, I can't even imagine. Like I'm such a sucker for unplugged records. Like Wreckage is prepping an unplugged record right now. Uh, you didn't hear that, um, but like <laughs> I'm such a sucker for hearing a like large, uh, a large song stripped down to its bare bones. Yeah. And this record is like the epitome of doing that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well. Short, some shortened versions of uh, stripped down songs yeah. do better or can be heard better just because you get to hear lyrics. You get to, oh, yeah. Oh, that rawness of it sometimes, too. And this next song is going to left turn so hard on the energy <laughs> level. I'm pumped. It's left turn. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, let's yes. do it. One, two, three, three. Let's go. Number three. Crank it. <laughs> Release of December 13th, 2004. Thank You for the Venom is the second single and the ninth track from My Chemical Romance's second studio album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Fuck yeah. (laughs) That album went three times platinum. Goddamn right it did. (laughs) Thank You for the Venom was released as an airplay single in Europe. Overall, it is also My Chemical Romance's fifth single. The songs peaked at number 71 in the UK. So there you go. There's that Europe Airplay single. Venom was released in limited edition red vinyl. Yes. And has long been out of print, obviously. It's vinyl and it's red. It was featured in the game Need for Speed Underground Rivals for PSP. <laughs> God I remember that. Goddamn right. <laughs> and the opening line Sister, I'm not much of a poet, but a criminal, is a reference to Morrissey's song Sister, I'm a Poet. Dude, How about that, that that song changed my entire fucking life. There are very few bands that I get to do the like I was there from the very beginning on, but I remember somebody had sent me this was like still early 2001, maybe the first month or two of 2002. Somebody sent me a demo uh hmm. that was called The Basement Demos and it was before My Chemical Romance's first record, yeah. all of that. Okay, I'm super into this. This yeah. is like exactly what I love. And then their first record was spectacular, and then they put out this record. And I just picked this song because it's my favorite song off the record. Sure. That whole thank you, or uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge record, I felt like was so pivotal in that time because musically, we hadn't had somebody who used sweeping metaphors and like brought storytelling back to top 40 
until this. And I felt like Mm. that was this resurgence of we're going to bring back music that's theatric and we're going to have, you know, music videos with fucking backup dancers. Videos were awesome. Oh yeah. My chemical (laughs) romance to date, I still think has the best track record of music videos, especially on this record. I will back you 100%. Dude, well, cause like he said backup dancers. All I'm thinking of is CNC music factory. Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, cause the Helena video, you've got all the dancers, but then they did the ghost of you video and they recreate Normandy. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Wow, you really? went no, it's, on. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the dude who directed it uh, went on to make the Spider-Man movies. Oh, wow. Shit. Exactly. Like, yeah, it was yeah. like a, a scene from um, God. What's that? Uh, Saving Private Ryan is what oh, it yeah, kind of yeah, felt like. Yeah, yeah. And that had, that Epic. movie came out like what five years before or something like that. Yeah. No. So it, it's just super God, it was so good. Anybody who's familiar with what I do musically knows I'm super into theatrics. Yeah. And dude, if we could afford backup dancers, I would have full on <laughs> choreographed backup dancers. I'm pretty dancers. cheap. Yeah, right? For everything. <laughs> and like, uh, d- dude, it, it just, this band, I feel like changed the landscape. Yeah, it's okay to be fucking weird and yeah. strange and do big shit the record they did after this uh the black parade record yep. was so theatrical Dude, and that was on the radio like constantly exactly you know yeah. and and like you were saying it's like they literally brought a story yeah. to music again oh yeah well, oh, and just God, you're so right it, integrity and there were a ton of bands around this time you and i were talking while the song was playing like afi yep. i was super into mm. Dude, uh, and their videos were great well. too yeah. Dude, afi that sing the sorrow record yep and December Underground are, are yeah. both like, oh, it, it's so. I'll perfect. play it, and Marcy's like, "Is that the dude that looks like a girl?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I she fair. doesn't say that. It's it's, I'm kidding. It's she doesn't fair. say that. Dur- during December Underground, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he always says, "Oh, this is the one that has the pretty guy." <laughs> oh, I don't he's say that. So pretty. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, yeah, I definitely, when it comes to men, have a type. Cause, uh, yeah, because uh, Davey Havoc from AFI yeah. or like Sinister Gates from Avenged Sevenfold. There, I'm like, oh, yeah, yep, okay, skinny, frail dudes with eyeliner and black hair. Apparently, <laughs> apparently you are my type. <laughs> you can take them. Sorry, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like this band really kind of was what got me into like big guitar riffs. I've never really drawn this similarity till right now when we listen to that. But so the way that song opens has this very cool, like intricate low guitar riff that's kind of similar to the way I wrote the riff for Get Haunted. And it's probably what on the back end kind of inspired that vibe because I really like those really attacky, fast, bouncy, low guitar riffs. So I don't know. Like, I think my musical DNA is so heavily helixed around yeah. this band hmm. and just yeah. what they do really kind of, I feel like is what still inspires me now. That's awesome. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. 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 I'm a, I can hear it. I, I just rip off my yeah. chemical romance. That's all, <laughs> that's all I do. It's called inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Just bleach your hair. Tribute. Next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, how about this? I will admit to something right now. You can have a podcast exclusive because Uh-oh. I did not realize this for a long time in the studio. When we were recording the welcome to Seattle record, we recorded the song lights out and in lights out in the f- f- second verse, there is a line that I said, 
And initially it was a filler lyric that I was just singing at rehearsal where I said, so paint it black and take it back, which is literally a lyric from welcome to the black parade by my, my chemical romance. <laughs> um, because I didn't have lyrics for it yet. And then apparently I forgot to rewrite it. And oh, so no. we just Kept went in it. and I was like, well, I don't even think it was a conscious thing. It's like, oh, this is how I've been singing it at rehearsal. And then good. later I was like, oh shit, I ripped off like eight words from that man. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so anybody listening to this, uh, feel free to call me a hack forever. <laughs> We've been saying that for years. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how fun. I am learning, which is cool. So I know I there are some bands I need to go catch up on. This next one, I know nothing about really. Like, you'll know more facts than I will, probably. I, I, maybe. This is not a well-known artist at all, no. but I'm super into this song. Before we go to that, can we play? Oh, oh guess the yeah. Spotify plays. Oh. I would have never. On I would, My Chemical Romance? Yeah, you guys are probably closer than uh, On this song? 600 this million. Song. 600 million. This song? Because it's not... It's not a single. It's, uh, it's not like a main single. It never had a music video. Yeah, it's, it wasn't released in the U.S. as a single, just over in Europe. I'll go 300. I'll go 600. For Now, we're not talking about the album. We're talking nope. about the song. No, nope. yep. just okay. the song. Six. 41,915. Wait, we're still way over. 41,000. And this is just Spotify. That's so, so wild. And 39 of them are <laughs> me and Wyatt. I didn't I believe like you. We, well, you know. I, I feel like we need to check this only because, like. Only. Our, How many times our, have you? Our song, Swan Song, oh, has 250,000 streams at this point. It, it is not allowed to surpass a My Chemical Romance song. Oh, I'm sure it will. So. Wait, so I mean, okay, you know. So you were you said thousand, but well, you I, meant I, I, million. I'm sorry. Okay, million. for a second I thought you sorry. just said it was forty one thousand. I was like, he did. I did. Oh god, my, my uh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. only, only fourteen. Oh, there we go. <laughs> fourteen streams. This band is the shit. Yes, forty one million. Excuse me, that guy. How often do you have do you ever say million for anything? Unless you're just Never. making some Gregorious. I mean, Exaggeration. We can talk about my bank account later. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish I didn't know they'd let you overdraw into the millions. So almost forty-two million. I'm winning at Monopoly, motherfucker. <laughs> so I dug this song. I'm gonna make you guys listen all the way through. Oh yeah, yeah. This next the one, fourth one. You're you're gonna four, dig four. this. You're gonna dig this. I promise. Is this one of the ones where we all shut up? So if you didn't get it. The song was called I Trust You to Kill Me from Rocco DeLuca and the Burden. Yeah. Off his second album called Mercy. Rocco DeLuca is a California-based musician who came to prominence as the lead singer of the four-piece band Rocco DeLuca and the Burden. He is known for his use of the resonator guitar and his custom baritone lap steel. Rocco's early years were spent studying the likes of Billie Holiday, Nina Simone, and the darker and raw Delta Blues heroes of the 1920s. By an early age, he had taught himself to play. Then he later began to sing as well. Since then, Rocco has performed around the world as his authentic, unusual lyrics and voice have garnered him international attention and acclaim. He began his career as a solo artist, supporting such acts as Taj Mahal and John Lee Hooker. Hell yeah. <laughs> Gods. 
In 2005, he was signed by independent record label Ironworks, and he led the band Rocco DeLuca and the Burden until 2009. The band's debut album, I Trust You to Kill Me, was released March 21st, 2006. This song was on the second album. On March 10th, 2009, Rocco DeLuca and the Burden released their second full-length album, Mercy, which had the song I Trust You to Kill Me. I think it might be on both records. I think they re-recorded it, but I'm not positive. All I know is that song, it's that live version, so I think that's like an iTunes Yeah, that's iTunes, yes. The studio version's good. That version is absurd. As far as just the bell tones in his voice, and talk about like just a timeless hook. Oh, man. Um, Because as far as where I was in the world when I heard this, it's when I was between bands and doing acoustic singer-songwriter thing, and putting out like solo records and doing all that well before wreckage started. And this dude was just the most inspiring, like an absurd level of soul and just like execution and being able to sing from your dick. Like dude is just <laughs> yeah, so That's cool. Why I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, Kiefer Sutherland was their manager dude from 24. Um, so the movie, the the full length movie that's called "I Trust You to Kill Me," is like their first tour in Europe, and Ooh. Kiefer is their manager. And it's just that's it's, insane. It's weird because I love that movie, but it's just them like no, in tour shenanigans. Kiefer, yeah, it's all his I want to do. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you borrow the movie. I'll fucking. Oh, you got it. Yeah, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> of course um, he does. I, I own two copies, <laughs> <laughs> just in case one goes missing. Yeah, you but, loan one out and doesn't come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't you gotta know, fill out a library card to get it. I've <laughs> never once in my life had somebody in conversation like bring this song up to me or anything because sure. most of my favorite songs, like somebody I know knows it. Sure. This is like the best kept secret in my music uh, catalog. I'm just, and we know it. It's, it's so good. Well, <laughs> it is very good. Well, it's the same as like I was going to put a Tom Waits song on this list and. Because I feel like so many people in our age range don't really know much about Tom Waits. Right. And I fuck with Tom Waits heavy. Sure. I have so many people who are like, dude, with what you do to your voice, you're not going to have longevity in your career. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to sound like Tom Waits one day and I'll get there. Like, <laughs> dude sounds like his throat got run over by a Cadillac. You, know, he you, you, you obviously don't gargle enough gravel. All right. <laughs> right. So every every time he sings, I'm like, that is my ghost of Christmas future right there. Um, but yeah, so Rocco just has so much soul. And I'll be honest, I'm a shitty fan because I don't know what the fuck happened to him. I haven't heard of anything he's done in the last 10 years. But I know he put out a song that I will listen to forever. forever. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's that good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is that good. That's for sure. I I listened to it basically on loop the first time I heard it. I mean, because typically what will happen, I'll listen to a song, get get the feel of it, just kind of go through and keep doing my stuff, set up whatever I'm doing. I was like... Uh-uh. Let me guess, did it stop Let me hit one of those ones where you just kind of like... Well, I, I had to stop the second time <laughs> because like I heard too much stuff back here in the back of my head. Yeah. Oh, stop and listen to this one. I, I and, gotta, I, and I listen to I it again. Sit and, and appreciate again, it. Again. It's like the first time you hear Cemetery Gates by Pantera and yeah. you're like, oh, I must stop everything I'm doing <laughs> and just Fair. experience this. You know what song still does that to me to a point where I, if it comes on, I'll stop what I'm doing 
the guitar solo in Stairway to Heaven. When, oh, sure. When that guitar oh, solo yeah, kicks yeah. in. That, that third part of the song. Dude, yeah. When, when everything the from the da-da-da, da-da-da, from that point on, ding, no matter ding, what ding, I'm doing, ding, if ding. I'm on the freeway, I'll pull over. I have to listen to it. Like God, I, the tone of that guitar solo, man. <laughs> It's absurd. Yeah, if, if you want to listen, if you want, if you want to listen to something on headphones, that, that especially yeah. that that guitar solo leading into that fourth part of that song, like uh-huh. third or fourth. Yeah. God, yeah. Oh, so, I I got chills thinking yeah, about it. <laughs> Glenn Cannon of uh, Glenn Cannon something. and the Damage Done just was able to fully and I believe time accurately recreate Jimmy Page's rig from that record. No. So he is live. His he, hero. He well, because yeah, he's using. That. If you look at his live setup, he's using an the amp cabinet, uh, yeah. the the Marshall amp cabinet. But now he has a combo on top of it that is the combo that Paige used Jesus. on that record, and it sounds wild. <laughs> it's so good. And this coming from somebody who usually doesn't give a shit about guitar tone, I'm like, just just fucking yeah. play, make it loud. Where he's working right now is exactly where he needs. Oh, Di- oh shout out to Diablo Guitars. Most definitely. Oh. Thank you for putting together a great shop, Parker. God damn. Yeah, right? Have Man. you been in there? I haven't. Oh, I haven't. God. It is so cool. I haven't. Actually, all I three got, of us have. I got to see it before it was yeah. open or anything because I bought him a hoodie for his birthday. Oh, that's right. And I contacted Parker. He's like, yeah, come on down. And I I walked past it like four or five times. And I'm like... Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah a guy, there's a guy that works there and I used to fuck his sister. So I try and avoid the awkwardness. So, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> we know who you're talking about then. <laughs> yeah, brought my dad's bass down there and... Had it fixed, and they did them. They did my dad right, which is nice. There we go. Love yeah. it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. No, Diablo guitars is spectacular. If you wish to advertise on uh, this week in Seattle Rock, you can have Diablo five guitars. listeners. Uh, oh. We need to get these guys that Joe Rogan podcast money. Come you on, can, guys. If you want to this podcast. advertise, you can contact us. We are on that. Spotify. Exclusively. Yeah, we're on Spotify. We're going to, yeah, no, uh, help get these guys paid and laid. Yes, please. <laughs> Chris, this just got Chris, real. Put your pants back on. You know, date night for me is using my left hand. Man, man oh. I really didn't expect it to be that pink. Wow, that's spectacular. It's infected. <laughs> oh, that's the only reason it's swollen. <laughs> okay, so let's play. Guess the Spotify spins on this. Oh, wow. I think it's going to be low. Well, I would think I so think. too, just because I'd never heard that, that. Not that that means anything, but I mean, you know, you know, the guy's output is low. You know, he's kind of yeah, I don't unknown. Well, per I don't se. know much. I'm just gonna go ahead and guess. Sure, I think it's under a million. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. Oh yeah. Is it under a million? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say two hundred thousand. You are so kind. I love that you're a fan. Ninety thousand. Oh. Nine thousand six hundred ninety-three. Oh God! You're fucking kidding. And eight thousand really? of them are wild. Um, the man, probably the band. <laughs> the band only has like the two albums, and then there's iTunes. I'm sure iTunes his solo then, page uh, has more impressive numbers. I'm Nap- sure there's a Napster live session. That's how far back this guy goes. Yeah. What's um, Napster? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Lars Ulrich. <laughs> That's uh, I trust you to kill me and Mercy. 
Only two it's hours. the best kept secret. You should add it to your list. You should yep. find Rocco DeLuca on and all dude, of your socials. Slide, that slide. Oh, dude. Yes. And that soul. The sound of metal. I grew up listening to a lot of black church music. Mm. Vocalists that I love are usually large Southern black gospel sure. women sure. like that. That to oh, me, God, that's yeah. why I think Sister Act. Dude, dude, that's uh, what I just thought. The first few shine down records, Brent Smith sings like he's got that Southern he's deep from soul. I know that's where I'm from. Exactly. And he's got that Where's real soul. Damn. And that's uh, <laughs> that's what Rocco has, and I just—it's one of those things where you hear it, and it's just—it puts that chill on here. I, honestly, white guys don't usually sing like that. It's just not like a—it's not usually a thing. And he's just that fucking magical unicorn that can do that. <laughs> no, my, my first guitar teacher when I was a little kid taught me how to use a lap steel. And uh-huh. it's, it's always been, and he's the one who gave me my, I wish I still had my slide, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to play SpongeBob music, you know, cause it's a lap steel, but it's instilled that in me. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I wish I still had it. Love it. So are we going to listen to the really sad, but really heavy final song? The last effect? song of the night. Five, number five. Five. Uh, yeah, we're, five. we're ending on something like heartbreaking, but badass. This is true. It's like my favorite song of the last decade. Let's go. Is it Michael Jackson? It's nice to know that you're emotionally all over the place like all of us. Oh, yes. I so am. This song <laughs> makes me cry and scream and bang my head. Doomsday is a song by British metalcore band Architects. Fuck yes. <laughs> Originally released <laughs> as a standalone single on September 7th, 2017, the song is included in the band's eighth studio album, Holy hell. Best record of that year, hands down. Which was released on November 9th, 2018. I interrupt a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. I love that song. I'm it, saving it on YouTube here. It was yes. the first new material recorded by the group since the death of their original lead guitarist and primary songwriter, Tom. Maybe you know the name. Searle. Is it Searle? Searle? Okay, yeah. I would have got it wrong. Yeah. See? Names. They're hard. <laughs> Uh, he died in 2016. Mm. The track was written and self-produced by the band with additional production from Bring Me the Horizon keyboardist Jordan Fish. Hell yeah. Ah. Doomsday charted at number 17 on the UK Rock and Metal Singles chart. Doomsday evolved from a song that was originally part written by Tom Searle during the sessions for the band's seventh album, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Which is also a great record. <laughs> <laughs> Following the guitarist's death on August 20th, 2016, his brother Dan, the group's drummer, completed the song's lyrics in preparation for its release. The track was ultimately credited to Architects as a collective. Dan Searle commented upon its release that completing it for him was a massive responsibility. The lyrical themes within Doomsday have been related to Searle's death by critics, especially lines such as, they say the good die young. Writing for Noisy, I guess it must be a magazine or something, Tom Connick explained that the song is about Dan's conflicted feelings regarding the loss and is a marker of architect's poise in the face of extreme sadness. Critical response for Doomsday was positive. Kerrang! Radio described the song as a goosebump-inducing anthem of the highest caliber. Scott Monroe of Metal Hammer called it blistering, while Eleanor Goodman of the same publication dubbed it honest and beautiful. Bree Jameson of music magazine Rock Sound described the song's piano reprise as an emotional roller coaster. 
Clash writer Robin Murray called it simple, sparse, and really rather beautiful, praising Sam Carter's rather special vocal performance. Kelsey Shango of Alternative Press described Doomsday as powerful and called it a banger. It's <laughs> such a banger. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that band is... A lot of positive information there. Well, and that band is spectacular. And one thing that I love about that band is that everybody who's really into that band loves to see that band succeed. You got to think that band started when they were super young, roughed it for a long time, finally got to a point where they were like headlining massive like theaters over there. Mm. And then their guitar player dies of fucking cancer at 28. Jesus Christ. Doomsday was like half written by Tom when he right. died. So they finished that. And then the whole rest of that record, which uh, is called Holy Hell, is that that might be my favorite record of all time. Like, honestly, if, uh, I, either that or a my cam record. I feel like so many people are like, that album saved my life. That fucking album saved my life. Like, that album has never left my CD player since I bought it when it first yeah. came out. Yeah, um, and those are the kind of songs that we like uh -huh. to yeah, talk exactly. about, right? Oh, right. No, oh, yeah. And, and when you said you'd end with a bang, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. you told us it was going to be like horribly sad, but amazing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you definitely. Well, know. pretty epic. Yeah. I liked yeah. It. It, it. It's a lot. It's <sighs> devastating. Holy hell from start to finish is this great record about grief and dealing with that. And it's, it's the best kind of pain when you listen to it. For those of us who have been through like devastating yeah. periods of grief and trauma in our lives, that's the album to represent it. It's so powerful. As far as like a piece of music that I can hear, I can hear that song 10,000 times and still get choked up in the bridge. Yeah, sure. Like it's nuts. So yeah, I'm very thankful to that record for coming along at a very difficult time in my life because sure. I really fucking yeah, needed that's, it. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what they yeah. were going for, but they didn't know it at the time. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so, and you know, we all tend to bind ourselves to songs that we have a relationship to or right. with, you know, it's yeah. like some hit you the right way or yeah. we all have those memory songs. Yeah. This is partly part of what this podcast is about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, where where we go from those connections and where do we take it? Oh, yeah. Where does it guide us? And Well, and it's, it's just the, the way that the art kind of, I feel like songs almost scar you in a way. They leave this like mark for a place in time and you go back immediately. And so even though that record takes me back to a really dark time, I'm so thankful for it because it sure. reminds me of the progress since. No, exactly. But right. it reminds me of like, I remember being present for a conversation where somebody complimented one of Glenn's songs and they said, hey man, I put on The Void while I was thinking about killing myself. Yeah. <laughs> and Glenn was like, that's a massive compliment. Like, yeah, exactly. and, and I actually fully agree. I'm no, like, what no. an honor for somebody to have need you at their darkest hour. And no, um, yeah, I know exactly what you're finding talking that about. connection. Um, it's yeah. neat to know that a, a piece Especially, of music yeah. that is healing the person writing it is healing other people that know right? maybe nothing about yeah. the reason. Yeah. It heals you in a different way. And yeah. That's yeah. the beauty of music. Well, and that's the, that's just kind of been my mantra lately. Like a lot of the new wreckage record is really because I believe in being authentic. There are songs that aren't fun to play live because they're really like 
from a really raw place. So I don't, I, I don't know. It's one of those tricky things. A lot of people love the song Silver Bullet. Mm-hmm. If I'm singing that song authentically, it is yep. not a fun time on mm. stage for that song. Yeah, so it. if we're playing a really fun show, I don't want to play that song mm, <laughs> only no. because it brings you down. Uh, love it. Well, yeah, because it takes me back to the spot. And right. so there's a couple songs on that new record that are real rough. And so that's kind of the, the give and take of it is like, I, I'm going to have that beautiful, honest, vulnerable moment there. I just always try and remind myself to not forever live in that yeah, exactly. moment. Right. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Architects, their new record just came out and I think went number one. Yeah, yeah, totally wow. went number one. It's called For Those Who Wish to Exist. And everybody in that band is doing very well. <laughs> the, the thing that I found so powerful around the time that Holy Hell came out is that they every night would do a bit where they dedicated something to Tom and the members of that band would openly weep on stage. And it's so interesting because they're a metal core band. So Mm -hmm. you've got this crowd of angry meathead dudes and (laughs) seeing their live shows, like they would hit a song like that or something. And you see these big tough dudes openly like crying as men and like hugging each other in the crowd. And it's okay. That is what I want out of music for like the rest of my fucking career. I want that moment where we can all be that vulnerable and real with each other. Yeah, exactly. And that doesn't, that's not always a fun thing. It's not always a great party, but but sometimes it's so important to feel something, man. We live in this world where nobody feels anything anymore. We just have just anger. Yeah. We have these synthetic existences and I, I, I think being in a room and truly feeling something together is what it's all about, man. Most definitely. You brought out the point of not playing certain songs. Do you find yourself in the midst of a performance if you have had to perform one of those songs? It takes you a little bit to dig your way out of it for the next song, uh, you think? Not necessarily. Silver Bullet's a tricky one, sure. which actually, beneficially, so Silver Bullet's ending is that big screaming outro yes. thing. I usually, when putting together our set list, ah. leave myself a buffer afterwards so I speak oh, sure. with people and whatnot so we're not going right into the next shit. <laughs> yeah. So that's beneficial. But yeah, no, like, don't get me wrong. It's a great song. It's a ton of fun. It's just if I'm being authentic in the moment about it. At some point, take away the music and just sit and read the lyrics to that right. song. And right. just oh mm. uh y'all right buddy <laughs> um, and, and uh and i think that was kind of the purpose of our new record was to be like yo we wrote this when we were not all right <laughs> and now we're doing pretty good here's all of this horrifically honest trauma self-loathing <laughs> on a record <laughs> do you have to disclose like here's the suicide hotline number Oh, we did in the in the swan song video. Yeah, so so right. we did in what is debatably the darkest move ever. So oh, yeah, for the silver cool. bullet record, we did seven music videos. The Last first one. six, we then incorporated characters and places from all of the first six and put them all in the seventh one for swan song because we knew we wanted that to be the final single. I, I wrote that song during a weird, crazy suicidal spiral in 2017. And then it, all this time later, it comes out. But for like years, I had pitched to the guys. I was like, there's this song called Swan Song. We're going to put it out. And it's going to be the last song on the record. And in the music video, a bunch of people are going to commit suicide in reverse. And everybody looked at me like I was fucking nuts. Understandably, because that's the darkest, most ridiculous concept ever. But then when it came time to actually doing it and we were able to take all these characters we'd met in the other videos yeah, 
and had them start off yeah, commit suicide in reverse yeah. and then make a different choice. It was yep. kind of this cool, like full circle it's thing. Like empowering. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the whole first month that that song was available, all of the like proceeds we donated to the, I wish I remember the exact way it's worded, like suicide, but suicide prevention yeah, hotline yeah, basically. Um, so that was really cool. And it ended up being our biggest streaming numbered thing. So, hey, at least some money went to a good yeah. cause. Uh, you know, all all 75 cents Spotify gave us. But um, uh, no, it, it was cool to have that go full circle. And I, I think it's refreshing to talk about mental health. I think our next record is going to do that a lot as well, though I am starting to realize I'm happier and like, like that, that's kind of the tricky thing. It's is not bad though. I, Rainbows I, and butterflies right? and buttercups. <laughs> like, during the writing process of Silver Bullet, I was kind of spiraling the drain real bad. Yeah. And a few of you got to see how bad yeah. that got. And then actually, like, I think you were one of the first people I saw after I got out of the hospital. So yeah. I love you, man. Mm. Um, so that shit was really bad. Now life's really good and we're all really happy. But luckily, there's still that like dark shit we can tap into. So I think the next record's going to be maybe not quite as dark and hopefully a little more fun. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to complain. I, I've also realized we do dark really well. Like, like I'm, 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 I, I think that's kind of what I, I've realized and accepted is there's the off the wagon stuff and the stuff that's really fun. And yeah. that's awesome. And that stuff still exists. What we do now really well is really fucking dark. <laughs> so you can just make it sound dark. Yeah. I like your hair. You have nice toes. <laughs> Show me your booty hole. Um, well, and yeah, you know, and, and we'll see. I, I also would love to get into the world of doing what Morrissey does, where it's a super happy sounding song, but it's so bleak. Moody. <laughs> Moody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's an art. That's for sure. Right. And it, I think as I keep destroying my voice, you'll see those weird Tom Waits <laughs> records. <laughs> that I'll that I'll put out eventually one day. Oh man, I, I do want to say, Chris and I have talked about this for the last year, two years. It feels like the way you guys put out your last record was so smart. Like, oh, the doing like a song every six weeks. Yep, kind of for like a year. Like, <laughs> instead of just putting it all out there, Chris and I have talked about this. You put out eight songs, and people are going to listen to two of them. Uh huh. You know, and, and then we the way you guys based world. No, yeah, yeah exactly. no. And, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only ones people aren't super into are the ones that weren't singles. And so yeah. that's why I'm like, oh, okay. So the way moving forward is having like eight singles off a record. Yeah. And we've seen that reflected the way you guys have been doing it. Um, oh, thanks. We've noticed yeah. on, on the inside oh, looking, thanks, dude. we've seen other bands reflect that. Oh, yeah. And it, and oh, it's, kind of like follow suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, yeah. and it's, I wanted to make sure that you knew that we noticed that and, and, and it's oh. fucking really smart. Oh, thank you. It is a different time. We know that for sure. Yep. Yeah. Airplay doesn't exist. The kind first of. 20 wow. seconds of a song is the yeah. most important thing. That's the and hardest part about being a songwriter now is realizing yeah. you have to get to the point. Short like, attention span theater. Because I like six minute songs. You can, If you want people to do sure. it, you got to go for the throat in the first 20 seconds. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, yep. Honestly, intros are kind of going the way of the Buffalo. No, no. Um, no. And, and when Chris explained it to me, it's just like, it really is. It's like attention span. It's just like swipe up. Yeah. Yeah. Swipe left. Yeah, exactly. Swipe right yeah. or whatever. Well, you, know? you used to have to get up off the chair, go across the room, take the needle off the record, skip to the next 
the yeah, little right? black clear sure line on there to find again. the next song. Yeah. Now it's just like. Well, in, in the way that we... Flick of a finger. The, the way that music is released now is so interesting. I'm lucky that I've had a few people who have been great examples to me and people who have given me great advice. There's a band called Dragged Under that's doing great things now. Mm. And uh, two of the guys in that band have been stellar at like advice on how to do shit. But the approach we took with Silver Bullet was we were like, okay, how do we think outside the box and do things differently? Okay, here's what we want to do. We want to release music like rappers do in the same method rappers do. And then we want to tour like comedians do, where instead sure. of just, hey, we're playing a Tuesday and a Wednesday in these little shit towns that are like connectors. No, fuck it. Let's go play like three days in a row in this like area in California and then go right. home, like not waste days. So I don't know. And there are pluses and minuses, like just to be totally real, like I would never change anything about how we marketed Silver Bullet because it was great and it kept us super occupied, busy and relevant yeah, during the pandemic. Relevant. Like we put shit out through the entire lockdown. Yeah. Like, no, right. like System. the thick of the lockdown. Right. Yeah. When nobody would, when national act bands weren't doing anything, we were able to keep going. Well, you were it. lucky enough to have it in the can. We had most of the record in the okay. can. So when the shit hit the fan, we had eight songs done. Okay. And then we did a final session. The final three songs we did, we recorded for the record were get haunted, drag the waters and Magna Carta. Mm. And those three were singles. And <laughs> yeah, those three right, are exactly. like staples now. So I'm really glad that we had the extra time. Yeah. The, the, the plus and minus of it is like, it was great to have something to work on constantly. One thing I will warn everybody about whoever wants to do that is we made a $10,000 record cost 30 grand. Oh. So that's the, the tricky thing. And welcome to 2021 where costs do not get recouped at all no. really so that's the the disclaimer i will give to everybody is that once you're done paying all of your directors and and editors and your crew and stuff like that and and doing a, a lot of money in promotion <laughs> right then it becomes a tricky ball game i would like to continue releasing music that way yeah um the thing that's interesting is i don't know if wreckage will ever be an ep band just because i've so firmly believe in releasing an entire body of work. Yeah. But I like the singles leading up to a full album. Sure. I think that's going to stay. I, um, I, it, I mean, it keeps us engaged, you know, cause I mean, <laughs> that's the whole for, thing. Yeah. You, you were constantly as a consumer yeah. coming up with something and you were, you were, you were on the forefront. Yeah. Well, and I'm sitting you. on YouTube I, waiting I for the, for the premiere, <laughs> the, uh, waiting of, for of like it, the, you know? the fourth single on it. Well, and it's so funny cause we had to keep upping ourselves. Cause if you think about it, the way that shit went down. So we released silver bullet like two and a half years before the album came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. released Long the title time. track pre pandemic and all, and all that. Shit. Oh, I heard it way before uh, that. Uh, yeah. way before that. <laughs> so that came out in September, 2019. Yeah. And so, then lockdown happens, blah, 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 blah. We finished the last of the record. And then uh, October 2020 was when Get Haunted came out. We were like, oh, that was great. How do we up it? And I still think <laughs> War Within is our best music video. Like that, 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 or like if you like funny shit, Trauma Queen is great. Um, God. But the that way it, so I felt like we just kind of upped ourselves and upped ourselves and we didn't really have competition. I, I feel like it gets so 
toxic when you have competition with other bands. It's like, especially let's have competitions with ourselves. Like let's be better than anything we've done before. And yeah, I'd much rather rather have everybody put out a video and get to see everybody do something. But of course, scratch, 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 money, money, money. Yeah. Honestly. And I promise I don't mean for this to sound douchey. It's cool being like 30 now and like not broke as fuck and making music (laughs) where I, I, uh, where we do have the option to have like vehicles. Like we also like wreckage has been so lucky. Like we're lucky that we have, we have our own sound guy and our own like lighting and laser guy. Like we, we have like fucking staff now and that's the the coolest shit ever. So called me. I used to do lighting. You should come do lighting at Showbox. We don't, we don't have a, we don't have a lighting or tech for that show, but um, we're really lucky to be where we're at. And thank you for saying that about the way that that kind of rolled out. We just did what we could. (laughs) I mean, mean, seriously, Chris and I, we watched MTR Martin Reed kind of like single after single after single with a fucking good band. Good. That's yeah. the way. And yeah, good Dude. music, putting it out and all that good stuff. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have traded to maybe be around like 15 years earlier just so I could have experienced certain aspects of this town then. Yeah. Oh, I thought Hell, you were talking about the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But yeah, no, the fact that we're all alive and kicking here to experience this week in Seattle Rock podcast <laughs> is really, it, this is what's giving my life meaning. By the way, any Number spons- two to only Joe Rogan. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, all you sponsors out there, Manscaped, I'm talking to you. Um, you know, uh, or sat- Sattva mattresses. Sattva, yeah, yeah, Blue exactly. Chew. You know you like your dick hard. Um, <laughs> I, I think right here is is where you need to put your advertising dollars. Uh, because Get out then, of our way, Burt Kreischer. By the way, my happen. favorite wreckage song, Bright Futures. Oh, I'm so glad you For said that. the record. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That would feel so douchey if I'd been like, what's your favorite of my songs? But thank you for saying that. Um <laughs> That song was super powerful. I, I, um, little like nerd moment. That song was written because we were all driving around first Avenue in Seattle, listening to bright side of dim by mothership. And the song snot came on. And I love that song because it's a super heavy song, but it's in a major key. And hmm. so it feels really weird because I don't really know how to write in a major key. Everything <laughs> I write is in minor. Like sure. Everything I've ever written is in minor pretty much aside from bright futures because I was like, okay, so that's kind of what it sounds like. And I fumbled my way through it and that? it's really cool. It's also the only song in our entire discography that has a tempo change because it goes from four, four to three, four, um, <laughs> which I hate because I'm so anti-tempo change. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to listen to it that. Was, now. It was actually the first. It's the bridge that done the local da-bang. song. <laughs> okay. The, yeah. the first local music that I learned all the words to, because I was like, I like them. We're going to go back. And we're going to hear another one of their shows. And I'm like, I'm going to listen because I want to be able to sing along. And I just. Thank you. I'm really glad that you. That's cool. I'm glad you picked that song. I don't know if anybody's ever picked that. And I. I, Because it's so easy for people to be like, welcome to Seattle, motherfucker. (laughs) I just just moved here. Yeah. And just, you know, I'm getting into the music which is what brought me here and you know, have no fear. The future looks bright from here. I know. Right. It you was know? such a weird contrast to put something that positive at the end of that record. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like Swan song also being the last song on, on uh, the new record has that like message of hope to end it. Sure. Like I'm a really big fan of that whole like 
ending on like the peak of the mountain kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like you were going to say something, Justin, and I cut yeah. you off, but I wasn't no, sure. Tell me your favorite song of mine. I have to pee. <laughs> I love that song. That song is the shit. <laughs> no, it's the pee. <laughs> Justin's is Lucky Seven. It's got to be Lucky Seven. Well, if he has I mean, to he pee, far off. Justin usually has a burning question at the end of every one of these five point shows. Uh, t- take us home. T- oh, hit, hit oh me, yes. Hit me I do too. Weird, hit me with some weird shit. Okay, you hit, ready? Just lightning ready? around some awful shit. Who would you like us to interview? Oh, next on this show? Question. Who would you like us to interview? Who do you want to hear? Can, can, I, can I give you like a little list? Can I, uh, can I give you five people that I think oh, would make good interviews? On sure. Cannon cannot be one of them. No, no, no. no, no, no. It's all he's good. already on he, our he's re-hit already, list. Yeah, he's already been on it. Um, re-hit list. Uh, I'll only count these as one, but I would suggest a double guest. Uh, Matt Bentley and mm. Chris Bicknell from Devil's Hunt Me Down. Guess who I talked to today? Matt. Matt. Yep. Yeah. He Love works him. at the market. Yeah. Yeah. I see him. Oh, that's right. Every day. Um, that. So them uh, as one. Yeah. Matt. Um, I love Matt. He's a. I love he's him. A beautiful soul. Probably Travis. Travis would be an interesting. He's on tour. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, why do you want to talk to me? I don't know uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Everybody would love this? to hear. From uh, oh, Haley Graves. Haley Graves is oh, a new she's artist. New on she's, a, she's new on the spot. She, man. She's a pop punk. We, we've we've played her once. Uh, Gordon McPherson from College Radio. Yeah, Gordon. Um, Gordon. Gordon. You are a listener and a fan of the podcast. Fuck yeah, Gordon. Get your sexy ass in here. <laughs> he's so adorable. He's is he? so adorable. I haven't met him he, personally, he, he, but he he's is very a supporter. He, he much like Kyle and Retton is uh, very compact. He he's a very small man, and he's just beautiful and and so kind and sweet, and I love him. Uh, and fuck last. Jamie Nova would be a great oh. fucking interview. It'd be a great Ooh, fucking interview. She she's is so talented. She's yes. so talented and, and so sweet. Oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, back to something I said earlier. Shayna. Shayna Shepard oh, would yeah. be great. Oh and I God. bet Shayna would do it. Um, Shayna is uh, definitely in the future of what Seattle is going to give to the world. Yeah. Other yes. than that, go listen to good bands. There are a bunch of killer new bands who are trying to cut their teeth right now. Yeah, and we have a bunch of them on our Spotify playlist. Fuck yeah. <laughs> How many do we have? Let I me see if I figure this like out. 600 and... We have every, every, song, every song we've ever played on one playlist. 70... I love One? 781 songs and 58 hours of music. Fuck yeah, you guys are doing God's work. <laughs> it's a ton. Or Satan. It's all in the baby socks. And I've been listening to it the last couple days. I just hit the shuffle button. I was like, oh, fuck, I can't... It's so good. We're and surrounded we'll by come, a lot of talent. We'll come, we'll, come, we'll come up to a, we'll have a slower song or something that's a little off kilter, not rock some, per se. Uh, but you know, it's still, you can listen to them and it's good. The, the, it's a the, good mix. There's a lot of just pure, incredible talent in this town. And there's a lot of like great people and undiscovered. Yeah. And, and there are some bands that I felt like could have been massive that just never made it. Uh, if you ever want to like dive back, dude, uh, HMP, which stood for heavy metal poetry, uh, mm. was a sick thrash band in the 2000s I played with all the time. Man Without Wax was an incredible band in about the same era that kind of did the style we do now. Then there was all the K-Tub like emo bands like From <laughs> Afony and Danger Radio and Blaine. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I just... I'm very passionate about this town's 
music history yeah. that is not just Kurt Cobain. So I think, I think <laughs> right. we all are. And that's why we right. are right yeah. here. To, don't get me wrong. Like, Oh, okay. Oh, I, this whole podcast, I wanted to say something that would get me canceled. I'm a far bigger Courtney Love fan than a Kurt Cobain fan. There we go. <laughs> and boom, everybody hates me. It's cancel Wyatt only he immediately. He likes the doll part. Just leave him alone. Yeah, all right. Cancel Wyatt only oh, immediately. All the short skirts and stuff. Look, man. you ran just in that. That's He's perfect. He was like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> Do we want to find a clever way to like sew this up? Or? No. No, okay. so, we don't have hey, to. I, I would just like to say that Christopher Walken Wilcox has a big, beautiful penis. It's it's not too big. It, it's just the perfect amount of thick. Uh, it's really girthy. It's kind of got like a Dr. Pepper hue to it. Uh, I and, told you that was infection. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, I need to wash every once in a while. We're, we're we're all very proud of him for it. Yeah. Smegma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to say. We don't always need to see it. Cancel wide only. <laughs> <laughs> Out. <laughs>